Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Doink and Doink Connection, the podcast where Dave and I talk all things professional wrestling. Wrestling. In today's episode, we're going to be going over everything that happened in AEW and Impact Wrestling. We are going to be going into depth about all elite wrestling's all out 2021 pay-per-view which the internet wrestling community has dubbed almost collectively one of the greatest single nights in professional wrestling ever i mean it 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 it's a complete game changer the entire show itself <clears throat> we had what was it four New people found themselves to All Elite. Three from the E, one from Japan. We had a title change. We had a title change. We had things get turned on their heads. We saw storylines end and storylines begin. All in the span of, what, four? Yeah, about four hours. Yeah, one quarter of a day. One-sixth of a day, I'm sorry. One-sixth of a day. And professional wrestling was turned on its head. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Let's just start at the top. Okay. With a 10-man tag match between the best French, which consists of Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, and Wheeler Yuta, and Jurassic Express, Lucha Boy, Lucha Boy, Lucha Boy, <laughs> Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus, <clears throat> joined by Marco Stunt, against the Hardy Family Office which is Matt Hardy and Private Party, and the Hybrid 2, which is Angelico and Jack Evans, joined with the Blade, for a very fun match. Yeah, tons of fun. It's always fun when you put the Lucha part, uh, Lucha House, not Lucha Heart, oh my God. Wow. Jurassic Express into anything. Yep. And Best Friends into anything. Private and, Party. And The Butcher. and Hybrid now, 2.0. Yeah. Matt Hardy, who goes through 15 different personalities in the course of a month's period in mm-hmm. in AEW. Um, it, it was just a fun overall match and a big return. Yeah. Big Butcher. return at the end of the match when... The uh, Butcher comes out. Yes. So the Butcher and Blade are back together. Yes. They are reunited. They are one again. They are back as the tag team, the Butcher and the Blade. Yes. But in that match, the best friends and Jurassic Express pick up the victory in that match. Um, does not help them, but they did get attacked afterwards, but did get the upper hand and all celebrated with a hug, which is always nice. Which is what best friends should do. Mm-hmm. Up next, we had the TNT title match between Miro and Eddie Kingston. Two men beating the hell out of each other. Miro was pushed to his limits but retained his title. He controlled most of this match. Um, In the moments when Kingston did get a push, it was something that Miro hasn't dealt with Mm -hmm. before. But all in all, it was still what we want to see from Miro, which is him being dominant Mm -hmm. over people who are coming after his title Mm because it's his title. Yeah, and Miro contain, uh, continues to retain and hold that title, which continues to allow him to have 
more fun feuds with other people. Yep. Yep. Up next, we had a very fun match between John Moxley and Satoshi Kojima, which is a it's a uh, New Japan match because um, Kojima is huge over in Japan. Yeah, very strong too. Yeah, this very a, strong. Very strong style match. These guys were beating the piss out of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, Moxley got busted open, I think. Yeah, um, and I mean this is only a sh- few short days since Moxley has been crowned the new GCW mm-hmm. champion. Um, where he destroyed, absolutely destroyed, um, Matt Cardona. Matt Cardona, and it sets up the rematch from ten years ago. Something stupid like that between Nick Gage and John Moxley. Yeah, the last time they met in GCW. Yeah, um, should be fun. Should uh, that's going to be a great outlet. Um, Moxley getting the win in this match mm-hmm. was huge, and but this- then. You get the first. Speaking of speaking of strong, the most dangerous man in professional wrestling, um, which is um, God, I'm blanking on his name. Hardcore uh, Minoru Suzuki. Yes, finds his way to all elite. The forbidden door has been blown off its hinges. One name I would never expect to come over seas to wrestle for anybody else besides Japan is Minoru Suzuki. Yeah. This opens the doors for Tetsuya Naito. This opens the doors for Kazuchika Okada. This opens the door for the brothers uh for the Gorillas of Destruction. Yeah. It really does. It's a huge game changer. And or Gorillas of Destiny, rather. And it's going to be a... um, And Moxley versus Suzuki is going to be a... Again, Barn burner. Stiff. Yeah. Death match. Yeah, it's going to be very stiff. Very stiff. It's going to be very different from Moxley Gage, which is going to be straight out Texas deathmatch style. But this is going to be stiff, beating the living piss out of each other. Yes. Yeah. Moxley's face when he debuted was like, what the hell do we have here? Ooh, this looks fun. This looks like a lot of fun. Yes. Up next, we had the AEW Women's World Championship match between Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, joined by Jamie Hayter and Rebel, against Chris Statlander, who was joined by OC. Chris Statlander put on a hell of a match, but fell short to Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, after, I believe, it was a Pittsburgh Sunrise. Yeah, it was a Pittsburgh Sunrise, because they were... No, it was via submission. It was via her jaw hook. I know, but she hit the Pittsburgh Sunrise, which is, hint, hint, something coming on later on in the night, and then um, she didn't get the pinfall there, so then she hit the... Lockjaw, whatever The lockjaw, and she just kept that cinched in. Mm -hmm. And um, that... That submission hold has been kept super strong. Um, no one makes it to the ropes. No one really breaks that hold. Everybody taps out. If something didn't happen later in the show that we're going to talk about, Chris Statlander who would have been who I wanted to take the belt off of, Britt Baker, because I love Chris Statlander. Yes. She is a huge, massive talent, um, and she can carry the belt. If... Something didn't happen later. 
We'll get to that in a couple of matches. Mm-hmm. Up next, we had, in our opinion, match of the night. Yeah. Um, I know we talked about Ilya versus Volta 2 being match of the year. Uh, this match goes right up against it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is AEW's match of the year so far. Which is a steel cage match for the AEW World Tag Team Championships between the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks. Yes. Um, I know we haven't covered enough of AEW, and we're getting better at it. Um, but the fact that the Lucha Brothers are back together uh-huh. and the Death Triangle is basically reforming, watch out. Watch out. Because, my goodness, my goodness, them now holding the tag team titles is huge. Mm-hmm. Huge. It completely shakes up um, the elite because now they're down two mm-hmm. belts. They are down two belts. There is two belts between all of the elite, and that is the AEW World title and the Triple A title. Yep. And that is it. Yes. Because the Good Brothers don't hold T, or do they hold the... Oh, no, they do now. They yes. do hold yeah, the they Impact re- World yes, titles. Yes, they did so, take the Impact World titles back. Um, oh, tag titles Tag back. title, yeah. But this but, yeah, match was incredible. I mean... The the Thumbtack Jordan 1s. Yes. That is a staple for the Bucks. Yep, and it got used on them. Mm-hmm. They weren't able to use it on uh, on the Lucha Bros. And the thing is, is this Penta whole... was busted open, though. Oh, yeah. Well, this match was all of, centered around... The beginning portion of this match was all about... The Young Bucks trying to rip the masks off. Mm-hmm. And then when they couldn't do that, that's where they introduced the Spike Shoe. And um, albeit, it cost them. It cost them at the end. But man, the thing is with AEW wrestling, what I've noticed is their top tier matches either go one of two ways. They either A, are a spot fest, mm-hmm. like this match was, or B, have some of the best storytelling elements of any matches that you could have, which yeah. we're going to see in the main event. Mm-hmm. Which, to be frank, a steel cage match between the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers is writing on the wall, spot fest, spot fest, spot fest. Of course. It's what you're going to get with yeah. this kind of a match. Yeah, exactly. But the, uh, the um, I'm sorry, the Lucha Brothers uh, do win the titles. Um after this kind of like combination tombstone spike pile spike driver. pile driver kind of thing, um, that was fun. But one thing is how much jumping around and flying around Ray Phoenix did in this match. Yeah, where he took on both of the Bucks at one time. Yeah, threw one of them into the ring. Did this kind of rolly thing. It was crazy. Yeah, he's. All over the place. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's great to see, too. It's great to see. Moving on to the 21-woman Casino Battle Royale for an AEW Women's World Championship match. The competitors entering into this match was Sky Blue, Abaddon, Emi Sakura, Kiera Hogan, Keelan King, Hikaru Shida, Riho, Diamante, Big Swole. I'm trying, so it's not in order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rebel, The Bunny, 
Anna J. Layla Hirsch. Jamie Hader. Red Velvet. Jade Cargill. Penelope Ford. Tay Conti. Nyla Rose. Everybody's favorite for winning this match, Thunder Rosa. That was your 20. It was supposed to be 20. But they threw a joker into the mix. Mm-hmm. And the destination was AEW for Ruby Soho. Number two of the night. <laughs> and she wins the goddamn match. Yep. Yeah. This is what I meant where if it wasn't Chris Statlander winning tonight, if Ruby Soho didn't debut, I think Statlander might have won that match. I don't. I, I really don't think it matters who came out of this match. Britt Baker's not losing the title. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you don't think Soho takes the belt? No. I don't think so. I don't care who came out of that. I don't think anybody takes the belt off of Britt Baker for a little bit. Does she get a Roman Reigns uh, reign? What's been my one gripe with AEW this whole time? What's been my one gripe with that? WWE people holding the titles? No. No. Nepotism. It's been nepotism that's been driving that, that company for a while. Mm. Okay, you finally that, that's finally been broken with the fact that Miro has had the title as long as he has. But Young Bucks have been champions, Jericho's been champion, um Cody Rhodes has been champion, Kenny Omega's been champion upon champion upon champion upon champion. And now Britt Baker's been the women's champion. And now when we get to the reveal at the end of the night, it's just going to be more nepotism. <laughs> it's just one of those things. I have no problem with Britt Baker being the women's champion. I think she's a great champion. She's a great foil for every name you just listed. But I would want somebody from within their growth to take that title off of her. A Thunder Rosa, a Chris Statlander. Hell, let Big Swole crush her. I don't care. Mm-hmm. It's just got to be, I want somebody from within to take that from her. Ruby Soho is a great pop. It's great to see her back in a ring. It's going to be great to see what kind of promo she cuts on on I'd, Wednesday. I'd lose my shit if Abaddon won it. That's the thing. Like, Abaddon would be great. I don't see them putting a title on Abaddon, but Abaddon would even be great. I just, um, I just see them having their homegrown talents be the ones mm-hmm. who are going to dethrone certain people. I, there are certain titles that are going to have to be taken by a bigger name, whether that's the AEW title or... Actually, that's pretty much the only one. All the other titles don't have to necessarily be taken by um, a big name. They can be taken by somebody who's more of that mid-card talent, mm-hmm. somebody that you grow inside your own organization. Having Miro win the belt for the TNT title is basically that ultimate foil for that mid card. And when somebody eventually takes that, it's mm-hmm. going to be very interesting. But the top belt, you have to wait for a big name and we have some big names coming up. Mm-hmm. But that women's belt, I, I really want a homegrown talent to take it. I want a Thunder Rosa. Abaddon would be fun. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Tay Conti. Like, just these homegrown talents who can really shine. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that, again, I'm going to reiterate, I love the fact that Ruby Soho is back in the wrestling ring. It's awesome. Okay? 
Um, she had a very up and down run with WWE. She had had multiple surgeries to repair shoulders. She had multiple injuries she had to deal with. She was obviously in a faction for a very long time. That worked, but they just didn't find the place for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're still struggling, struggling to find the place for one of the people that they've held on to, which is Liv Morgan. Mm-hmm. But I'm happy she entered. I'm happy she's the winner of the Battle Royal. Um, I like the way the match ended with them both on the apron and she hit that crazy like Pegasus kick that she does. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a fun match. Her and Britt Baker are going to be, it's going to be a really fun match. Mm-hmm. I know that for a fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. Moving on, we had a singles match where if Chris Jericho loses, he must retire from in-ring competition. I did not see this match going the way it did. I Chris didn't... Jericho defeats MJF via submission. Yes. With the walls of Jericho. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the real walls of Jericho, not the Boston Crab walls of Jericho. The one where he wrenches and gets you in that really awkward position. I did not see this match ending this way. I saw Jericho having to be forced to retire. And he steps away and does his Fozzie thing for a little while and stuff like that. And I even mentioned that to a couple of people who... um who came into the store that I work at, who know that we do the podcast, we kind of just shoot the shit from time to time when they come in. And I even mentioned it. I'm like, I can't see Jericho coming out of this. And he almost didn't. MJF almost cheated to win this match. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jericho's foot was underneath the ropes. And the second referee came down and restarted the match. So you do get the f- the visual of MJF winning the match over Jericho. Mm-hmm. But having Jericho re- retain his career was a good call here. It was a good mm-hmm. call. It was, it was a smart call. Smart booking. I definitely agree with you on that. Match number eight. CM Punk versus Darby Allen. Again, Chicago's pop for CM Punk never ceases to amaze me. Never ceases to amaze me. For for a singular talent to have that much pull over an entire city shows how respected he is in the industry. Yeah. Even after this long. Yeah. And the important part is after winning, he showed respect to Darby Allen and to Sting. Mm-hmm. He showed that Darby Allen is the future of AEW. Darby Allen is the future of professional wrestling. Then why have Punk go over? Because it's Chicago. Because it's Chicago. Okay. If that's the excuse, okay. Hey, don't ask me. I'm not. Ask Tony Khan. <laughs> well, he had all the right answers at the press conference afterwards, mm-hmm. but it's just one of those things. Even at the press conferences afterwards, whether it was Tony Khan, CM Punk, might as well spill it. Brian Danielson or Adam Cole, they were all putting Darby Allen over like crazy. If you're putting the guy over like crazy, you let him put win him that over match. in that match. Exactly. Okay. And yes, he gets the visual of being put over after the match by CM Punk in Chicago with Sting in the ring. I get that. Okay. It, but it's it's different when you can get that victory. It just it it really is. Mm-hmm. It is because do you think? Do you think if back at SummerSlam when Punk beat Cena? Money Bank 20, uh, 2011. Money, money Bank, thank you. Um, do you think if 
seen it beat Punk, but still, you know, oh, this is the future of the industry, and stood in the ring and held his hand up. You think that would have had the same effect? Mm-mm. Okay. Just, again, I understand. Both of them took place in Chicago, mm-hmm. and Punk has a tendency of always winning when he's at home. Mm-hmm. I get it. Um, it. It's just... It's different when someone gets the physical pinfall inside the ring, mm-hmm. and I think, and I think, as much fun as it is to have that whole dynamic of Sting, Punk, and Allen kind of be like a really cool, I'll, interesting. I'll put this out here right now. On September sixth, two thousand twenty-one, come all out twenty twenty-two. Darby Allen. Will be your AEW World Champion. I think he's. A, I think he's definitely in the right place to do that. He's already won the mid card belt, so he can only go up from there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what's going to happen between now and then. I don't know who's going to be champion. Is it going to be Danielson? Is it going to be Cole? Is it going to be Omega? Is it going to be Page? I don't know. Is it going to be Black? I don't know. But no matter what, Darby, Darby Allen, Allen will get the pinfall in the main event of All Out Four. In 2022, and yeah. become your AEW World Champion. I think it's the right. I, Unless something happens to him between now and then, an injury or otherwise, yes, he will be your champion coming out of all out 22. Yeah, I think so. I think I think that's a great future prediction. But I I just feel like for Punk to have come back to win that match, and then to do this whole middling thing where he's kind of like recognize game recognizing game or whatever. Wouldn't it have just been better if Allen wins the match and Punk just turns full blown bore heel? Like, hmm, yeah. And then you can extend the story a little bit further if you and want. Then extend Chicago is also a heel. Yes, exactly. It would be fun. Yeah. Just saying. Moving on to the next match, which another huge in ring return because Punk's in ring return after seven years, huge another huge in ring return for Paul White. Yeah. Facing off against QT Marshall in pretty much a squash match. Yeah, three minutes. It was over in three minutes. It was nice that Paul White got in the ring. It was nice that he um he got, got his victory. He got his moves in, he got his chop, he got his choke slam. Yep. One, two, three, match over. It was mm-hmm. it was uh it was a right booking decision. Mm-hmm. For sure. And then your main event, Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage for the AEW world title. So this match was a complete rehash of their Rampage match. Uh-huh. Basically to a T. Yeah. Everything everything played out exactly the same way minus the, the ending of the match. Um, But it's not the match that people are going to talk about. It's what happened after the match. Yes. So, match ends. Obviously, the Elite are all down there and they're beating on Christian Cage. Mm-hmm. And here comes Jungle Boy. Here comes Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus. Here comes Marco Stunt. They get in the ring, and basically it's the same thing. They're getting destroyed by all of the elite, by the Good Brothers, by the Young Bucks, by Kenny Omega, and there's nobody to stop them. So Kenny, Kenny Omega on gets on the mic, and he basically says, there's nobody who's going to take this belt off me. It doesn't matter. Anybody who could have taken this belt off me is either not here or is dead. Lights flicker for a second, and the music hits. And Adam Cole walks out. And the place erupts. Mm-hmm. He gets down to the ring, and he gets in the ring. He slides under the bottom rope, and he does his whole Adam Cole baby, and the place explodes. 
And Jungle Boy is just coming too, hanging on to the ropes to get himself back up. And Adam Cole super kicks Jungle Boy and confirms his allegiance to the elite. To the elite. So now you don't have Adam Cole to take the title off of Omega because he's there to be right on the side of Kenny Omega and his boys, the Young Bucks. And it completely throws a huge monkey wrench into this end of night celebration that the fans were hoping for. Mm-hmm. Adam Cole's debuting. You're going you're gonna to get him and Omega squaring off. Wait, what are you doing, Adam Cole? Why are you doing this? So then he gets on the mic and he talks about how this is his family and these are his friends and the two young bucks kiss him on the cheek. Omega gets back on the mic and says, well, I've got to send you all home happy. And he goes and does, tries uh, to cut his... Goodbye and good night. Ba-bang. But before he can hit the ba-bang, Flight of the Bumblebees starts. Valkyrie. Valkyrie. Yes. Whatever. Same thing. Okay. Doesn't matter. The American Dragon, goddamn Brian Danielson, is back. And so when you watch the intro, when you see him walking down to the ring, everybody's doing the yes thing. He almost slips up. And he almost puts himself in a position to start doing the yes. And then he just puts his hands out to the side mm-hmm. and he starts scurrying down to the ring. Mm-hmm. This is the entire wrestling industry we just flipped on its head. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because of two things. Okay. Forget the talent that has already come over from WWE. Mm-hmm. Okay. Forget that. From the Miros to the Andrades to the John Huber's Malachi Black. Soul to Tommy End to Paul White, Christian Cage. Forget all that stuff, okay? Those are people who are outright released, weren't in contract with WWE anymore, or have been legends of the WWE. What you get with Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan is you get a, a guy who is just in the WrestleMania main event, mm-hmm. okay, who left WWE because, in his own words, Vince McMahon was protecting him too much. And that's a thing that McMahon does. He takes care of people. No matter what anybody can say about the guy, he always keeps people in a position to be safe nowadays. I'm not talking about back in the 1980s when there was a steroid scandal or in the 1990s where he put people in dangerous situations like what happened with Owen Hart or even in the early 2000s with all the CT and headshots and stuff like that. Nowadays, he has learned from all those past <laughs> four decades of things that he's witnessed in his mm-hmm. life being a wrestling promoter. And his main thing was he wanted to keep Daniel Bryan safe for his wife, for his children. Mm-hmm. Brian didn't want that. Brian Danielson wanted to get in the ring with the best wrestlers in the world. Yes, he got in the ring with some of the best wrestlers in the world when he was in the WWE. Okay? But the last time he faced Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega was a young punk. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So he hasn't had that match with Omega. He hasn't had that match with Andrade. He wants those opportunities, and AEW gives him that. But what's even bigger is the fact that Adam Cole chose AEW over WWE. He's the first person to have been given a choice, and he chose AEW. Mm -hmm. He was offered a contract. Speculative. Yes. It was speculated 
He was offered a contract upwards of, it was a million a year or something like mm-hmm. that, right? He chose to be with his family versus mm-hmm. a speculated amount of money, okay? I think he and McMahon had had a talk and he was letting McMahon know, hey, listen, I'm not I'm not staying. Mm-hmm. I appreciated my time in NXT, I appreciated being the longest tenured NXT champion. Yeah. I appreciated what you did for me, how you gave me my platform on main roster with the NXT invasion. He appreciates everything. He thanks him. But his girlfriend, his what his whatever, his friends, everybody is an all elite. Yeah. He wasn't gonna stay for money. He was staying he went to AEW for the love of his friends, of his family. Of wrestling. Correct. And he's still young. 32 years old. Yeah. He has such a long career ahead of him. Such a long career ahead of him. And like Moxley has said, you you can never count out a return to the WWE. Mm -hmm. It's not something you can ever count out. So we can't count out a return for Brian Danielson. For Adam um, Cole. Adam Cole. But as it stands right now, and as Tony Khan said in his in the post press conference, press conference, the Wednesday night wars are over. Mm-hmm. They went seventy three and one in the in the Wednesday night wars, and the one was Adam Cole, and now Adam Cole is in all elite wrestling. Mm-hmm. That's it. That is it, baby. Mm-hmm. Completely flipped script. I just would like to see where all this is heading because you're going to have a lot. You have a lot of. And we have three hours a week of programming to find out. Yeah, between Rampage and Dynamite. Mm -hmm. A lot is. uh, There's a lot. There is a lot coming down the the pipeline here, especially with Brian and Cole. Mm-hmm. Which I think a bigger get than CM Punk ever would have been. Mm-hmm. I think Punk was just like that, that first little rift, and then it, it's it's these two are way more important. Mm-hmm. So that's your thoughts. My thought. I I'm I'm in full agreement with you. The fact that wrestling going forward, we might see a lot more of similar situations of big names not being released but not being re-signed could be going from AEW to WWE. Who knows? We could see, not anytime soon, but very potential of a returning Rusev or even a returning Ruby Riot down the line. Again, very much down the line. But now that that first instance has been done of not being released, not having to go through the 90-day non-complete, not going to WWE or going to AEW to spite WWE, the actual choice of where you get to wrestle, that could set a new precedent of anybody deciding where they want to wrestle. Yeah, yeah. I mean... 
the idea that these guys, again, on their way out of the E, both put the E over in these press conferences mm-hmm. afterwards too. It's not. It's not. It's ju- nothing against the WWE. Yeah, they went where they wanted to wrestle for the love of wrestling. That's mm-hmm. what they did. They went somewhere for the love of wrestling. And it's not like Punk says where WWE isn't professional wrestling because it is. But these guys saw their promised land. They saw what Tony Khan was doing and wanted to be part of it. Yeah. Because Tony Khan's been, he's changed the game in professional wrestling in the last three years. Mm -hmm. Because now to make it in professional wrestling, you don't have to go to the WWE. Look at Darby Allen. Look at, um, I'd say the Bucks and look at Kenny, but they were big in Japan as well. Yeah, but you don't need the E to do it. No. That's what those two guys have proven. Yeah. Look at Jungle Boy. I mean, these are guys who are proven that you don't need to be in the E. You don't need to fit the E mold. Mm-hmm. You can go where you want to go and still have a career bottom line thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of the doink and doink connection if you have any questions or concerns feel free to hit us up on the show's instagram page at double doink network or reach out to us on our personals at dj Ald and at darelauf and doink 508 we are available to stream at any time on your favorite podcast apps including apple podcast spotify podbean and many more Thank you again so much for listening. I have been Josh. I have been Dave. And we've got two words for you. Doinks out. Doinks out.